Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. We are at the interview part of the show, and uh, today we are talking with, um, he's quite an author here. He's got a lot of types of books he's written. Uh, Very interesting. So uh, thank you for being on the line, uh, Mark Edward Hall. Very welcome. Glad to be here. Well, oh, Mark, let's just just get back to your background to start with. Um, how long have you been writing, and what was it that made you start writing? Well, I've I've always been sort of a writer. Um, in school, I I wrote poetry, and then I got into rock and roll bands in my younger years, and wrote a lot of songs. Um, and I didn't really. I was was a voracious fiction um, reader. And I always sort of had this little spark that said, "You really want to, you really want to write this stuff because, you know, I just love reading." So really, I got into it a little later than most. I was in my 30s when I actually got my first story published. Um, so, you know, just the love of, of uh, reading made me want to write. Well, that's what you know, because when you said you were in a band and you were you were playing in uh, music. Um, Songs are written quite differently than books. Oh, it's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so how did what did you have to do to develop um, the book writing side? I had to sort of go back to school and, and uh, you know, not academically, but I had to learn the whole process 
um, you know, pretty, pretty much from ground up. I had to sit down and begin writing and then learn from my mistakes. And, and that's just pretty much how I did it, just on the job, just writing and throwing stuff away and getting rejection slips. Until finally, somebody accepted one of my short stories, uh, followed by more and a few anthologies. And then in 2002, uh, my first novel. So, wow. so, so what do you, what is the main, um, thing that you like to write in? Like what area of, of, of writing, uh, is, is your favorite or you really get excited about? Supernatural thrillers. That's what I like. That's what I write. Oh, so so kind of a paranormal sort yes. of angle to it. So did, now, have you had a lot of paranormal experiences in your life, and you're drawing from that, or that is just what kind of got you into it? Well, I've had a few experiences. Nothing, you know, nothing that I'd really want to get into because it's not that big a deal. But my grandmother was a was quite a storyteller. She was a, a psychic, a fortune teller, and she used to do some pretty strange things. And I, I happen to be her favorite grandchild, so <laughs> she's gone now. But anyway, she uh, she used to sit hours at a time and, and tell me stories. Some of, and she swore they were all true. Uh, I doubt that. <laughs> but anyway, that was pretty much the catalyst that that got me going. With this, and they were all ghost stories, by the way. Okay, yeah. And so, so when you say you, you you're doing haunting, so do you create the whole story out of your mind then, when you're doing this paranormal story? Is it just something you come up with? Yeah, yeah. These days, I I mix. Uh, I like the lot. <clears throat> the Lost Village was my first uh, novel. It's a monster. Uh, it's a big a big book. And these days I'm writing more with a paranormal influence in my writing. Um, I like um, police procedurals and detective stories. That's uh, Apocalypse Island, Soul Thief, Song of Ariel. That's a three-book series that that I finished a few years ago. Um, Actually, it's not finished. There there are more books to come, but those three are. And those aren't, yes, they're, they're not horror stories. They're not ghost stories. But all of them have a para- paranormal bent to them. Well, okay. So, so now, if they're none of that, so what? What's the story in itself? Would you say that they're uh, crime stories, or are they um, just mysteries? Um, uh, some, some are, and some aren't. Yes, some are crime, some are mysteries. Uh, they vary. Uh, my latest uh, novel, "The Children in the Lake." Uh, deals with uh, the Native Americans, uh, their plight, um, a mystery at a lake. Children disappeared um, in 1925, and to this day people still swear they see the children swimming in the lake. And that's pretty much the premise of the book. Um, it, I won't get into depth on it because I want people to, to read the book. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, no. Yes, just, it's a mystery. This one is a mystery. So you have a mystery of, of the children that go missing, and 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 there's apparitions or ghosts that are seen right. 
from ever since then and and all that. Right. Um, so when you when you are creating that kind of a book and that kind of a story, um, it's a mystery with paranormal, supernatural twinge to it. Um, how do you collect your information on that? Like what? Where do you draw from? Is what I'm saying to create these characters that you have to to, to make the pe- people recognizable. Um. I do a lot of research when it comes, I use a lot of truth in my fiction. I use a lot of um, real events. Um, The characters, they just kind of go along for the ride. I don't know, it's kind of a mystery even to me how these characters actually uh, happen on the pages and, and the, you know, the the direction they take. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard for me to, to actually say how this all happens. It happens over a period of time and several rewrites, um, and it just happens in my head. I put it down and, and go from there. It's, it's, it's just a, that's a big mystery, Yeah. where yeah. these characters come from. Yeah, some, some writers, they say that they've, um, you know, they'll see someone in a store or in a coffee shop or walking down the road, and the way they're dressed and talking and acting mm-hmm. um, sparks an idea of a character, and um, and others draw from people they know, and uh, others get it in a dream. I always just like to ask where yeah. some of the characters come from. If it's all of the above, all of it. So it just yeah, all it comes from life experience. Sure. How do you feel about your characters? Like, do you, do you have, do, or do you consider them uh, like your children, or do yes. you, you do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I love all my characters, even even the bad ones, because they're part of me, I guess. Right, right. So, so you put a little bit of yourself in each one of these characters. Probably, I think most writers do that. Although, probably some don't admit it. Hi, it's Julie. I just want to, if you don't mind me coming in a bit, if that's okay, Al. I'm just thinking, you know, you've got a series of books, and you've just said that you'd quite like to continue that series. Yes. So when you begin to write um, a series like that, do you have an idea of where this is going to end, or is the story evolving and you kind of reach the end of one book and suddenly think, actually, I'm not quite ready to give them up yet, and there's more adventures for them? How do you, how do you map a series? I never know how a book is going to end, uh, nor do I know how a series will end. I, I like to have the, I like to think that, you know, that the characters and the story kind of writes me. Uh, I go along and follow it. You know, I let, I let, I let the characters speak. I, it's a, it's quite a process because this is what I do for a, a living. So it's, I just go with it. I, I let them. Leave me alone. And uh, when you're writing, do you need to be able to do that? Because that's, that's quite that's a lot of creativity there, isn't there? Because you're you're also needing to be bounded to make sure that the storyline is is one that follows, and you know characters can't just kind of go off on tangents. So how do you how do you map your day? How do you write? Do you go somewhere quiet? Do you send, spend you know a certain amount of hours doing it? Yes. Uh, I do have an office, and I have a home in, in uh, Florida and one in Maine. Um, we we winter 
in Florida, of course, and summer in Maine. But I have an office in both places, and it's for the most part private. And I'm left alone to uh, to do my writing. So it's you know it's it's really easy to get into my own head and and work. I I don't get bothered by people. So yeah, it's that's a if that if that was your question, I think. Yeah. Right. I mean, so would you? Would you say that, um, I mean, you, you, you're living through your characters, aren't you? So is there, is there a particular character that you, you wish you had more in common with or you, you feel that you have got more in common with? Well, I, I'm not sure. Well, would you, could you rephrase that question for me? <laughs> so, so when, when you're writing, you know, you're coming up with all these characters and they grow and they, they develop through the story. Is there, is there a character that you could say, there's a lot of me in that character? Or is there a yeah. character that you wish there was? Um, well, maybe, maybe both at some point. Some characters, yeah, I suppose I do, you know, I do model after myself. And some are just total made-up characters that uh, that have nothing to do with with me or my feelings or thought processes. Because I like to I like to write unique characters, and mm -hmm. I'm probably not the most unique person in the in the world. So, but anyway, you, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Do you, do you, um, I suppose in terms of your research, you, you've mentioned you do a lot of research for your books. I do. Yes. How long do, would it take, on average, to, to write one of your books? Let's just say, for example, in your series. How long might that take? Um, about a year for each novel, approximately. And how much of that would be, would you research in advance, or would that be through the year? Research would be about 20% Okay. And, and what would that what would that would that research look like? Would it be more reading, or be visiting people, or? Well, doing re I like to say that there's there's a lot of truth in fiction, and so when I'm writing about a particular subject, as in uh, Apocalypse Island, I I wrote about MK Ultra, which was a U.S. Um, CIA program back in the Cold War where they actually used human beings, children, as test subjects, fed them radiation. Um, I didn't believe it at first. I, I did not believe that was true. But a lot of research uh, uh, told me that it was, and I used that. And so I had to be, with what I used, the part of it that I used, I had to be accurate. The, the, the truth of that had to fit into the fiction in a real, in, in a very accurate format. So, anyway. When, uh, a, lot, a lot of people who are, um, who are listening to this will be wondering about how to get into writing and, and becoming a successful author like yourself. So, you've mentioned that you, you got into it quite late in your 30s. Yeah. What were you doing? What were you doing before, and what gave you the confidence to take the leap to come um, I've, I've done quite a few things. I've worked in the aerospace industry. I've um, owned and operated a recording studio. Um, <clears throat> I'm a music guy. I actually still play music. I still have a, 
a band where I play um, frequently, or in in summer I do, in winter I don't. But um, but I've done I've done lots of things. You know, people who don't know what they want to do in life um, usually get around and do all sorts of things before they finally realize what they want to be when they grow up. And I'm mm -hmm. one of those people. Uh, uh, direction was hard for me. I knew I wanted to be a musician, and, and I'm not a bad musician, but I'm not a rock star. <laughs> That's for sure. Anyway. So, and you mentioned yeah. you mentioned writing a song on your um, on the Amazon page, and um, that you're thinking of recording that. Has that happened now, or are you still thinking about it? What, what did it say? About thinking about recording the song that you wrote. Yeah, yeah. So is that something that you're progressing, or is it something that you've um, you've done? Well, something I'm I'm progressing. Yes. Cool. Um, so in terms of Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, I always ask this of authors, and, and some people find it really, really difficult to answer. But is, if somebody, if one of your books was um, was put onto the big screen, who would play the character, the lead character? So choose your favourite book, and who would who would play that character for you? Well, I have had uh, I have had people in mind to play characters of mine. Um, I, I always thought uh, Brian Dennehy would make a great Rick Jennings, who is the the main character, one of the main characters in several of my uh, novels. 
But of course, Brian Dennehy passed away a few years ago, so he'll never play that character. But that's who I had in mind to do that, that I would like to have do that character. Hmm. So now, what, what advice would you give to someone that's um, writing right now, someone that's not published, hasn't found a publisher, and they're writing, um, you know, a, a crime fiction or a, a something, some sort of book in a fictional area? Um, what would what would be your advice to them? Um, I I would say to to do the best you can do, and don't don't give up. I mean, you know, people. A lot of times people give up out of frustration, um, but keep writing. If it if it's not if it doesn't look good to you, if it doesn't sound good to you, then rewrite it and rewrite it again and keep rewriting. Don't just you know put something out there and and say, well, that's that's going to have to be good enough. You know, you just my advice is to just keep at it. I guess. Right now, so and and. What is your opinion with um, going to a publisher or self-publishing for someone right now? Um, actually, right now I'm self-publishing. I went through two publishers, and neither neither of them, and I'm not going to mention who they are, but neither of them um, really did well for me. They and it, one of them it took me three years to get my rights back. Um, so I said I'm going to I'm going to. I'm going to go the other route, and I'm going to go independent, and and all of my success in writing, all most of it, has come from me going independent. So I say, you know, in today's world, in today's market, with uh, iPhones and Kindles and all this stuff, I think I think if you've got a good product, if you can move people with your writing, I think you have as good a chance making it as an independent as you do. Uh, with the main, with the publisher, right, right, quite a bit more freedom too. How how would you and how how do you find that marketing works for you? Are you just doing it through social media? No, no, that's it's impossible to do enough marketing with social media. Right, you have to do your own. You have to do what the major publishers do. You have to spend money uh, to and do to make money. You have to. You've got to put your money out there where your mouth is. If you think your product's good, you got to buy ads. You've got to, you got to, you know, you got to do the whole the whole thing. You got to spend money for for advertisements and yeah. And and, and uh, do you think reviews? How are re reviews? Are they very important? Yeah, I believe so. Sure, they are important. I think there are, I think a lot of customer reviews you can take with a grain of salt. <laughs> you know, people will will give their opinion. They either like it or they don't like it, and they'll and they and people are not shy about uh, voicing their opinions. So that's fine. Uh, but I think professional reviews, I think they're important. Sure, peer reviews. Yeah. Well, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. How, how how much have you seen in the last twenty years? You said in the nineties was your first publishing. Um, how has this industry changed? And do you think it's for the better or for the worst? I think that's debatable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the publishing industry is panicked. Um, 
especially the big New York publishers panicked when when Amazon came out with the ebook. Uh, I mean, ebooks have been around for a long time, even before that, before Amazon did it. You could actually download a a book on your computer, read it on your computer. It was the Kindle that made the difference. And when that happened, it exploded. And that's when I really started. It exploded on the market. And most of the New York publishers panicked. And they did everything to discourage readers from buying e-books. Um, but now, of course, they're all selling e-books now. And, you know, they jumped on the bandwagon. I think I think things are evening out with... Um, in relation to publishers, uh, you know, uh, legacy publishers versus um, independent authors. I think it's evening out. I think there's a lot of independents that are doing well. But, you know, I mean, a lot of great writers are still with their publishers, so you can't you can't discount them. Right, right. Wow. So I guess this just all depends on how it treats you and how the, how the publisher is for you. Right. You know, exactly. If it's going good and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, what are your biggest influences? Like, what what do you read? I read, I read a wide variety of stuff, but I like, I like thrillers. I like the kind of stuff I read. Um. I mean, that I write. Uh, I'd say, as far as paranormal, of course, Stephen King is a is a big influence. Um, Peter Straub, uh, there's a, I could name dozens of great writers in the paranormal that, that influenced me, but there are lots of other, like uh, people who write, John D. McDonald, who writes, wrote the Travis McGee series, he's a big influence, um, and just many more, adventure writers, uh, Wilbur Smith, uh, for instance, South African man, great writer. James Lee Burke, I love his writing. Uh, I have lots of influences. Yeah. Uh, mainstream fiction as well as paranormal and, and supernatural. And I think, think I sort of blend all of these things together. By the way, I, I attended school with Stephen King way back in uh, grammar school. Oh. Um, he, he was a little older than me, but, yeah, we went to the same school at the same time. Wow. So, where do you see yourself going now? Like, are you going to continue doing this kind of work, and uh, anything new and wild going to happen, do you think? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're not talking politics. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, We won't go there. No, it's a mess. It sure is. Do you see yourself going um, in into screenwriting or maybe getting into the movies or doing a TV show or something like that with all the writing experience you have? No, I don't want to write screenplays. I never did. I just like, I like the novel format, but I, um, recently I've had some people, um, shopping my stuff to places like Netflix, Hollywood. But over the last year, it's, it's tough. Uh, The whole system is closed right now. No one's making anything. There are no series being made. There are no movies being made. Uh, the COVID-19 virus has stopped everything in, it, in its tracks. So, yes, I'd, I'd love to have my stuff made into series or movie, but I'm going to have to wait on that, I think. Yeah, yeah, the way it's going. Do you find um, when something like that goes on, 
in the world, some some sort of big event like COVID or protests or wars or anything like that, does it affect your writing? I think it affects personally my writing in a positive sense oh, because okay. because it gives me more fuel um, for fiction. I think it, it, it I, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I think it's, I, you know, I can't go anywhere anyway because of what's going on in the world, so I might as well sit here and write. So for me, it's kind of a positive, which is, <laughs> well, hey. the virus itself is not positive at all. We're all scared to death. But, yeah, it, it, I think it. Uh, well, I just, works. yeah, that gives you more. It, it opens your mind to new things right. with these things like COVID's never happened. And so it's something new in your life and the way people act and react. And that opens right. up a whole new channel. But I'm just wondering if. If something um, gets you scared or if you get upset or in a negative point of view from the world, something's going on in your area and it makes you mad or it makes you, it causes a reaction within yourself, do you find that that will work its way into your writing? Maybe not directly, but maybe just the feeling? Yes, yes, you're right, it does. And I think all writers will tell you, most writers will tell you the same thing. Yeah, I think everything that happens out there in the world, in the, in the media is, and if you, if you keep your eye on the media, which I do, um, has an effect, has an influence on what I write, yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think that we all, as we feel things, and, and, it, and it really doesn't matter how you feel about the story as much as you feel about what's going on, just the reaction that we have from it, so it's kind of a kind of an all the way around thing. So mm -hmm. pretty interesting. Now let's see. Do you have a website that uh, people can, uh, if they want to know more about you and your books and find out where? Well, you know, excuse me. I've had several websites over the years, but I find that I find that websites in general are, are on the downturn. Uh, you know, I've got a blog. Uh, but I don't go there very often. I do most of my uh, communication with social media, with Twitter, with Facebook, with uh, Instagram, all kinds of things. But I think I think websites are a thing of the past for writers. That's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. I mean, I I understand totally. Um, uh, I I I run one because people still go to it. But um, sure. yeah. But. Uh, you know, I just haven't given my website the attention, and so, and I don't really point, even point people in that direction anymore. Most of my contacts, most of my everything I do with my um, with promotion is is probably through ads that I run and through social media. I don't I don't actually advertise my books on social media. Because uh, it's really kind of fruitless, but I make a lot of friends and a lot of contacts that way. Hmm. Okay. Well, so um, I guess the best way to look you up, of course, is through bookstores or Amazon or right. go to um, Facebook or Twitter. Exactly. Find me on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. Um, I've got a, fa a fan page on Facebook and a regular friend page. Great. 
Well, we'll we'll get the fan page up for uh, our listeners on our website so people can find you with one click. Okay. Uh, and um, we really appreciate you uh, talking about writing uh, today with us. And uh, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's yeah, a pleasure. Thank you. Our guest. Nice today. meeting. Nice meeting you both. Our guest has been Mark thank Edward you. Hall. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. To find out more about our show, guests, or to listen to past shows from our archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.